We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Tommy's here. I'm here. The podcast today is presented by MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag. Use my bonus code, KevinDC, and they'll match your first deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. So if you deposit 1000 bucks, they'll give you an extra $500 to bet with. I steered you uh, wrong last night. I loved Phoenix. I had Phoenix. I played them plus five at my bookie. Uh, it was four and a half briefly. I bought the half point, got it up to plus five. Um, I also played them on the money line last night, the Phoenix Suns. I did it plus 180, uh, and neither one of them came in. It was a painful beat, Tommy, a painful beat, because Phoenix was not only covering the entire game, but really covering up until the final minute of the game, Um, and then they end up losing uh, by six. Uh, But don't let that deter you. Plenty of golf, more basketball to bet on. Baseball starts back tonight, and as I've mentioned, all of the NFL stuff is up and ready to look at. You know, one of the things by just signing up with my bookie and getting, by the way, the deposit matched halfway all the way up to $1,000, you'll have a place. So many of you ask me all the time, where can I find those odds? Where can I see, you know, the player props or the team props for the upcoming NFL season? Well, my bookie's loaded with NFL prop bets for the upcoming season. So, um, signing up for an account, and even if you're just playing occasionally, you'll have a spot to get the latest real numbers, like real money lines, real numbers um, to access, rather than you know get, taking it from a newswire story. Those those odds are typically not uh, very accurate. Um, but uh, as I've told you many times, my bookie has great lines, great pricing, totally fair. Um, it's a place you can re- rely on. Go to my bookie at mybookie.ag. Use my promo code Kevin DC. So Tommy's here. Yeah, we, go, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Well, I just wanted to catch you while we were talking about gambling, and I, I don't know if you saw the story I emailed you. Did you see the story about the WNBA All Star Game and the over under number on that? Was it like an odds maker put out a wrong line or a wrong total or yeah. something like that? What was it yeah, specifically? The odds maker for, for, for Circus Sports uh, had put out an over-under uh, initially, and he wanted, he wanted to be the first one on the board. 
So uh, he got one out there for 248 over under. For now what? For, for a WNBA game? Uh, all-star game. For Oh, they've got, they're at their all-star break? They had yeah they had their all star game okay uh, and uh, oh, I don't know if they've had their all star game I'm assuming <laughs> they have but but uh, but what he didn't realize it wasn't going to be a typical all star game that they were going to be playing the USA women's national basketball team as a tune up for the for that team to get ready uh, I guess for the Olympics I'm looking at so the box score right now the game's actually been played but continue. It was going to be a far more competitive game than a typical all-star game, which, you know, is just basically lots of fun and lots of scoring. But, uh, you know, this was going to be a competitive test. So he wound up, by the time I guess the game went off, dropping his his over-under by 50 points. So he missed on the number that he wanted to put it out by how many points? Well, he put out a number initially, I think, was like 248 uh, uh, over under. Well, I think that's a big W. I have no idea, to be honest with you. I don't don't follow WNBA numbers. That's not, you know, uh, that unusual in the NBA this past year to see uh, totals skyrocketing towards, you know, that level. In fact, it, it makes me interested to go back to see what some of the Wizards' totals were. But go ahead. He put it out at 248, you said. Well, because it's an all-star game. Yeah, of course. You know? Yeah. And which which are usually much more high-scoring. That's true. But because it was going to be against the U.S. women's national team, it's going to be WNBA All-Stars against a team that's trying to get ready for to play in the Olympics, it was going to be much more competitive than normal. And people, were, people on one side of the ball were going to be playing their hardest to try to win. You know? So... That would change the outcome. I think it wound up going off at like 197 or something like that with the overrun. So he dropped it like 50 points. Oh, my God. Which I guess is unheard of. Man, right? uh, yeah, of course. You, you know, no, no spread or total move, moves 50-something points. The yeah. final score of this game, by the way, was 93-85. So 178 it came in as the total. Okay. So way, way under whatever total he initially put out and way under the revised total as well. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, but it's an interesting story. And I, I emailed it to you. I think it's on ESPN. Yeah, I just opened uh, it up. I just a little saw bit, it. a little bit behind the curtain about how these things unfold. Sometimes. Um, when was the NBA All Star Game? I'm looking to see what the total was for the NBA All Star again, and I got to look it up by date. Was it in June, or did we start the playoffs in June? We started the playoffs in June. God, this is yeah, a weird year. It was year. probably it's... in March or February. Probably in February. Yeah, it was probably in February. Um, yeah. I mean, it was such a monumental event. I can't believe I don't remember. It, don't. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't remember it either. Um, whatever, because I think the total for that is probably was probably going to be close to like two eighty or two ninety, maybe. Yeah, yeah. For an all star game, absolutely. I would think so. I I do want to actually try to find that because it's usually well it's usually like the week after the Super Bowl but I think it was later this year whatever I, who cares um, right uh, exactly who yeah. cares um, but I just wanted 
I just wanted to flex some of my gambling muscles yeah, with you. Yeah, well, I'm you just did. You. you just did. I okay. mean, it, it wasn't you know, it wasn't an impressive flex, but it was a flex nonetheless. But by, by the way, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna open the show. Well, we've already opened the show. I'm going to get to very early in the show. I'm going to apologize to you, and you don't even know what Why? I'm going what to apologize do? for, do you? You have no you have no idea what I'm going. Who, no. do, is there? I mean, I'm sure you believe there are many things that I should be apologizing to you for, but it, does anything jump to mind right away? No. Okay. What time did I tell you to be ready to do the show this morning? Uh, 10 o'clock. What time is it right now? It is, uh, 10.57. I'm sorry. And I do this to you all the time. And I shouldn't do this to you all the time. And I, 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 you, you have in mornings right now, you have a lot of flexibility, but not every day. And I just assume that you're always available when I need you. And I shouldn't assume that that's rude and it's inconsiderate. And I really, for whatever reason this morning, I told you 10 in part because I needed to get the show done quickly today because I'm playing golf this afternoon. And um, and I had the day off from radio. Uh, we could have started earlier, but I was... I, I'm dealing with something right now. This is not my excuse. It is an excuse, but it's not... Um, you know, uh, tried uh, trying to make the apology seem um, less than than sincere. I, I was dealing with a verification of my ID issue, which now is all done, you know, technologically, where you take a picture of your passport and then you upload it to something, and then they tell you, oh, it was too blurry. You got to you got to get it more in focus, and then you get it more in oh, focus, yeah. and then yeah. you know, it's, I'm familiar with that. yeah, and then and then it, you got to take a selfie so your picture matches the thing. And I'm going through this thing, and for seven times in a row, it's telling me your verifications I, I it has has passed, your ID has been legitimized or whatever verified, and then I get an email immediately saying, uh, you have to do it again. Um, it didn't work. It didn't come through. And the reason I'm doing this, by the way, just uh, as an aside, I've mentioned before we're moving. Some kind of I, I, INS thing or something like no, that? No, it's not. Um, we're moving, and we're not going to be able to move into our new house on time, but we're going to have to be out of our current house. So we have to go into like a, a, a one-month you know, furnished rental for a month, and which is fine. I, I, I'm actually looking forward to it. It's like total low maintenance living, which as my wife said, you're going to fall in love with this place and not want to leave. Um, but anyway, uh, the whole technology, technology around this, I, I, I ended up calling the company and this, this nice, nice girl, Heather called me back and said, yeah, it would appear as if the picture of your passport is just too blurry when it's coming through. And I said, well, why are they, why, why do they keep verifying it? you know, through the setup, but then after the fact saying, no, it's not good enough and not giving me an explanation. I said, I've done this seven times and, you know, I, I, it's getting very frustrating. I'd really like to lease this property, but can I just take a picture of my uh, passport and just text it to you right now and you handle the rest of it? No, that it can't happen that way. It's got to go through <laughs> the verification system, but it has to be a more clear picture. Tommy, I've taken this picture of the passport 37 different ways, 37 different ways, because when it does, when it isn't clear enough, they immediately tell you, uh, your, 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 your verification couldn't be 
um, verified. It, if it appears blurry, you have to get it more in focus. And so I would get it more in focus, and then it would be accepted. But for whatever reason, it's really not being accepted. Anyway, that well, is... You told, you told me, uh, didn't you tell me privately, I don't know, if maybe I shouldn't reveal this, that your passport is flagged at every border in the world, right? Yeah, it's um, it's flagged at every border in the world. Whatever. Well, this um, is the problem. Yeah, right there. Uh, but <clears throat> this is a long-winded way of excusing the lateness today, but really sincerely wanting you to know that I thought about it this morning more than I've thought about it recently, because not only did I make you wait, um, I made you wait forty-five minutes to nearly an hour. And that's wrong. And I apologize for that because I, I don't think I've done this to you several times in the past. And my, I just assume that you're always going to be there when I need you because, and you know, lots of times after the radio show, I have a lot of responsibilities. Sometimes they'll, they'll send me something and say, we need these recorded ASAP. And sometimes that's what delays it. But sometimes it's just me saying, I'm going to go get some coffee and relax for a little bit. Um, but I I apologize to you for being very, um, I think, inconsiderate as it relates to your time and how important your time is to you. Well, I, I accept your apology, but I think you know me enough that if it was an issue, I would have brought it up with you. Yes, you. We've never we've never really been bashful with each other if there's something that's bothering uh, either one of right. us. But you also, um, you also. This is. I think most times it hasn't really impacted you, so you haven't said anything. But that doesn't mean that it's not that it couldn't have impacted you. So I, you know, yes, you're right. If if I did this. Three straight days, and you're like, God damn him! I, you know, I, I, I was planning on nine forty-five, and it's ten fifteen now. Where is he? You would tell me. But anyway, yeah. I, I just for whatever reason it hit me this morning because it was really a, a delay as I was going through this, well, and I'm like, and by the way, I didn't even text you to say. I think I actually I did. I said, I'm running late per per usual. I, I should be, we should be getting started shortly. But that was like a half an hour ago. So, anyway. Um, well, of all mornings, actually, I would have normally, again, it's not that big of a deal to me. My time is much more flexible these days than it used to be. Uh, but uh, this morning would have been interesting in the sense that uh, I got to bed last night after traveling across the country twice in two days. Right. Uh, at four in the morning. Tommy went out to Spokane to pick up his granddaughter because you guys will be doing what you do every summer. Take your granddaughter up to the Jersey Shore. Right. When are you, and, when are uh, you leaving on that? Uh, well, we're going to Bethany on July 21st uh, to my son's house. And then from there on the 24th, we're going to Wildwood. How's me. your granddaughter doing? Was she excited to see you? Yeah, she, she's matured a lot. She's going to be 12 wow. in September. But, uh, I mean, we had, it was a long day because there were many flight delays. I mean, Ugh. we flew into Denver, and Denver Airport had all kinds of electrical problems. And we sat in a plane for an hour outside the gate 
because they couldn't get uh, anybody to, they couldn't get the uh, electronic equipment in place to get us off the plane. And then our flight got delayed three times. So it was a long day. And she only said to me once, when are we going to get there? And the entire day. Oh, that's, I well, mean, yeah. she, she was very mature. That is not taking after her grandfather, who was is much less patient than that. Yeah. Um, so hopefully yeah. you learned a lesson from that. Uh, there's, you know, the problem with that is there's nothing you can do when you're sitting there at a gate and they no. won't open the doors. There's just nothing you can do. Um, no. And and it's planes getting hotter and hotter. Oh my God! Yeah. You know because it's probably that... ninety eight degrees out. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, so it was an exhausting day and. Uh, but I was mentally prepared to get up early and do the podcast, so it was no big deal. Did you, um, on your, because you went out by yourself to pick her up and bring her back, and that is yes. not a short flight. In fact, you know, that that trip is as long as you can make. Seattle is um, essentially the longest trip you can make from D.C. in the continental United States. So that is a yeah. long, I'm going to guess, six-hour flight minimum, right? Uh, it, well, non-stop. If you're lucky. Yeah, if you're lucky. There's no non-stop. There's no non-stop to Spokane. So you flew into Denver and then Spokane from Denver. Well, actually, I wound up, that when I flew out, uh, I was supposed to fly into Denver. Then they canceled that flight. And then I flew into Vegas about a few hours later. And then I had like a three-hour layover in Vegas. Oh, no. And then A three-hour oh, layover? Oh, no, no. That's a, that, that doesn't, but trust me. And when I landed, I said to myself, you know, there's no magic anymore. There's no magic in Vegas for mm. me anymore. Okay. I mean, I've, been, I've done it too many times. I've, I've left too many bodies in the, in the desert. It really doesn't do and too many holes <laughs> in the desert already. So it, Vegas just doesn't do it for me anymore. So that was no big deal. All right. Uh, it gave me a chance to watch the uh, All-Star game. Uh, on TV for a while. Right. Uh, while I pounded down a few beers. Did you fly Southwest? Uh, yeah. 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 Fly Southwest. The Greyhound bus of the air. Yep. As I li- like to. Did you get a good it. seat? Were you in that first, you know, uh, boarding group? I'm always. I always make sure I'm in the A list. Yep. I always check in early because uh, I get... like to sit on the aisle. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, the flights were fine. They just kept getting delayed on the way out and on the way back. But uh, typically, uh, you know, uh, a good in terms of time is like eight hours, including layovers. Wow. That's usually a good day. Yeah, that's, that's a tough flight. I think I told you this story, not to make this even remotely about me, but I'm going to just tell you this quick story. The, when I traveled a lot for work, and there was like a 14-year period where I was on the road on average three to four days a week pretty much. But I literally one day flew out to Seattle for a meeting, flew back and had to be back by the following morning for a meeting back here. That's wow. that is that is a now I was younger and it's not, it wasn't a big deal. But I remember that was about as long as you can be on a plane in a 24 hour period unless you're just yeah. flying, you know to Sydney. We, we my in-laws lived in Sydney for a few years Um my brother-in-law and sister-in-law lived in Sydney, and we went over to see them. And like, by the way, I know you loved Sydney. I loved Sydney as well. Yeah. But um, that's the longest trip. You know, it was 24 hours door to door. It was, 
you know, six to LAX and then, you know, another, you know, after a two hour layover, another 15 and then, you know, an hour after that to get to the house, whatever. It was, it was 24 hours door to door that trip. But when we first went over, my oldest was a newborn. I mean, he was, he was a year old, you know, less than a year old. And that, that flight out to LA, he was, I mean, (laughs) It was not pleasant. Crying the entire time. It was a disaster. Oh my god! And the people sitting around us, they wanted they wanted to kill us. And at one point, <laughs> like three or four hours into the flight, I just said, I said, look, you know, um, we really apo- really apologize for this, but you know, if it's any solace to you guys, uh, for those of you flying on to Sydney, so are we, and he'll be with us <laughs> for another fifteen <laughs> hours. Um, all right, let's get to some sports. I want to start with the game last night um, because that was the first competitive NBA playoff game we've had in two and a half weeks. I think I said this to you the the other day that it had been a while, and I think um, the NBA playoff um, buzz that I was feeling anyway, and some of you were feeling, most of you not, had sort of worn off because the games were non-competitive for two and a half weeks, and the first three games of this series were blowout games. Last night was far different. Last night, I thought, was a really compelling NBA championship game. Two teams that were desperate, played in a very hostile um, environment. The Milwaukee crowd has been great. Um, The Phoenix crowd was great. You know, these are two cities. These are two cities that have really loved Tommy for a long period of time. They're NBA teams. You know, the the Suns are the number one product in Phoenix. They're the team that was has been there the longest, long before the Cardinals or the D-backs or um, or the hockey team uh, showed up. The Phoenix Suns were it. Milwaukee won a title. They had Kareem playing for them in the early '70s. Oscar playing for them. You know, these are two t- uh, cities that actually love NBA basketball, and so it's been forever for both of these cities in the finals, and they're into it. You can see both of these cities into it. By the way, have you noticed that our boy Zabe is like Mr. NBA and Mr. Milwaukee now? Yeah, I know. That's (laughs) funny. It's hysterical. He does the show in Milwaukee, very successful show. I think he's number one in Morning Drive. Um, or way up there in Morning Drive in Milwaukee. He does it from here, for those of you who are interested. He doesn't doesn't live in Milwaukee. And he's been doing stuff in Milwaukee for 25 years. Um, And then a a few years back, he took over the morning show full-time. And, you know, he actually came on the podcast last week. He's Mr. Milwaukee Sports. He's like Packers fan, Bucks fan. I mean, he <laughs> Wisconsin fan. He's into all this. I mean, and, and Zabe, I know, likes basketball and likes the Wizards to a certain degree. But basketball was never his thing. He tweets out 30 times a game about uh, these Bucks games. Good for him. Um, the game last... You know, it's interesting... <clears throat> go ahead. No, What's go ahead. interesting about these two these two cities and these two franchises is while neither one, uh, the Bucks did win the NBA title with Kareem, but Phoenix has never won an NBA title. Nope. Uh, but yet, if you look at the, at the one-loss one record of both these franchises over the past 50 years, 60 years, I mean, I think Phoenix has one of the highest winning percentages in the NBA. Of, of, of among their uh, best franchises. So these are not teams that have been perennial doormats. 
I know they've had their moments, but over the course of what I call the walk in the desert that the Wizards have done, these two franchises have won more than they've lost. That's it. A lot more. That that's interesting. It doesn't. If you had said that five or six years ago, I would have said, "Yeah." I mean, because the Suns always seem to be in the postseason. They've had good teams. They they don't go to the finals, but they're they you know throughout the seventies and eighties and nineties, and they were always in the mix. But they've been terrible for the last nine years. So I'm looking up the all-time winning percentages of NBA teams, and if you take out like you know some of the teams that were only around for uh, you know a cup of coffee, yeah, Phoenix is te- is basically if you take out um, one, two, three teams because they are you know smaller market, you know 1960s teams or whatever, basically seventh all time win percentage. Of the current and, they, they, and the, mean, the now the Bucks are thirteenth or tenth. The Bucks are tenth. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, but still top ten. I mean, come on. You, you know, know. You know where the Wizards are? Oh, I don't. I wouldn't even. Twenty seventh. Twenty seventh. You see, this is what I'm. I mean, yeah. these are these are two franchises. You know, I like to make the point that you know we had the uh, Bird and Magic era. We had the Jordan era. We had the Shaq Kobe era, the Tim Duncan era. We've had the LeBron era. And all that has passed the Wizards by. But now you have two franchises who, while they won, occupied the same neighborhood of the Wizards from time to time of not progressing far in the playoffs. Right. And now here they both are in the NBA Finals. In other words, eventually the clock got around to these two teams. You know, yeah, yeah. The, the playoff clock, but not not your Washington Wizards. No, the um, you know, of the teams that are in the league right now, um, the teams with the lowest win percentage are the Tim- Timberwolves have the lowest win percentage. Timberwolves, followed by the Clippers, followed by the Grizzlies, Nets. Hornets, Wizards. So actually, I'm wrong about that. They are a little bit up from that. It's it's confusing on this list only because there you know there are teams in here like the Indianapolis Olympians, you know that played like two years or something like that, um, and the Toronto Huskies and the Sheboygan Redskins. Oh my God, the Sheboygan Redskins. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and the Pittsburgh Ironmen and the Waterloo Hawks and the Providence Steamrollers. Um, you know, the other thing, and I'm looking at this list, and I think anybody that's an NBA fan understands this, is just how few titles, how, how, how f- the, the number of teams that have won, you know, multiple titles is so small. The Lakers and the Celtics, each with 17 titles. After that, you've got the Bulls with six. The Warriors have six. Now, part of that would be, right, Tommy, the Philadelphia Warriors um, uh, with Wilt, right? They won the one in 68, was it, or 67, one of those two years. 67. And then they're just a bunch of teams. Now, the Heat have three. The the 76ers have three. The Spurs have five, right? I'm sorry? Spurs have five, don't they? The Spurs have um, five, correct? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're still right there. Yeah. Well, you're right. I mean, it's remarkable when you look at this list how how these championships are dominated by 
very small amount of teams. Very few number of teams. Um, so, anyway, to the game last night. It was a really, really intense basketball game. Not well played, necessarily. You know, it was sloppy. It was desperate. And, you know, you're seeing right now in this series, and last night you really saw it with Chris Paul, you're seeing some of the exhaustion set in. You know, even though the schedule has eased here in the NBA Finals. You know, they're having more... They're not playing every other night, these games. Um, They've had two nights off between each of these games, and yet, uh, you can see it. Chris Paul looked like he was completely out of gas last night. Now, I totally give a lot of credit to Holiday, who is just such a great defender. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning... A lot of you know, you learn a lot more about these teams and these players in postseason games. I've always thought that about the NBA. You know, what you see in the regular season can be very deceiving. Drew Holiday is a phenomenal defender, and he is a big, physical, athletic, long, disruptive defender. Now, he was really off offensively, and he's very streaky in terms of his offense. I think he was 4 for 20 last night from the floor, and that really hurt. Um, But he wore Chris Paul out. Chris Paul had like this unbelievable assist-to-turnover ratio, Tommy, going in the postseason. He had a stretch of games, I think, where he had like one turnover in like four games. Um, And in the last three games in this series, six turnovers, four turnovers, and five last night, including a crucial turnover late when they were down two. I thought Paul really hurt them last night. Um, and, and I thought Chris Middleton was phenomenal for Milwaukee. He went for 40. I loved Phoenix last night because I thought they were going to bounce back, and I said on the radio show yesterday, maybe on the podcast, I forget, um, that I thought Devin Booker would bounce back with a big game. He was incredible, but he got into foul trouble, and he had 38 at the end of the third quarter. And um, only Iverson and Steph Curry, I think, have had more in an NBA Finals game through three quarters than Booker had last night. But he got into foul trouble, and he sat on the bench for the first six and a half minutes of the fourth quarter, and then he came back in, Tommy. And this, what I'm going to describe, do you know what happened with Devin Booker with five fouls? So um, this is one of the reasons that I think a lot of people don't like or don't trust the NBA. Devin Booker, the star of the game for the Suns, um, comes back into the game. It's a tight game. They've got a they got a they got a short lead. There's a turnover and a breakaway, and Devin Booker basically tackles. Uh, I don't know why he even got in the way um, of uh, of Drew Holiday as he drove to the rim, um, but he basically wrapped his arm around him, fouled him. It almost looked like intentionally fouling him, and there was no whistle. Now, the Bucks got the rebound. Giannis got the rebound, put it back in. Giannis did or Middleton? Somebody did. And even though they scored on the play, the Bucks fans were irate. And Twitter lit up, as it should have. Because that was one of those things. And, and the, the after um, a lot of the questions after the game were centered on, 
you know, what the hell happened there? How how was a a, a call not made? Um, you know, it, clearly the referees were keenly aware that he had five fouls and they'd be taking the best player for Phoenix off the floor in that particular situation. Well, after the game, um, uh, the pool report, you know, with the officials, they were asked right. obviously about this particular play. And um, uh, uh, the, the, the referee pool reporter response was, quote, during live play, I saw a clean sweep of the ball and thought it was a no call. However, after seeing the replay, I now realize that I missed Booker's right arm around the waist of Holiday, and it should have been a defensive foul on the play. It was, it was stupid by Booker. He should have just given up the bucket. That's what was so surprising about it in the moment is he knows he's got five fouls, and he intentionally fouled Holiday, and yet they didn't call it. And so this is part of the issue, right, is that people have had with the NBA over the years. They think that the officiating is fixed and they try to, you know, keep this series extended and the whole thing. Well, that benefited Phoenix, who had the 2-1 series lead by keeping Booker in the game. Anyway, uh, it turns out that the play of the game was Giannis's block on a lob to DeAndre Ayton that would have tied the game with less than a minute to go. If you haven't seen the highlight, it's a phenomenal play by Giannis defensively, an incredible defensive b- uh, block on Ayton. Um, and that ended up being really the, the play of the game. They ended up pulling away in the last 40 you know, 40 to 60 seconds, they won by six, and the series is all deadlocked at two games apiece. Um, I think Phoenix has been hurt by foul trouble in their last two games. Aiton was in foul trouble in game three, and then last night not having Booker on the floor for uh, a lot of that fourth quarter really hurt them as well. And I thought Chris Paul last night, as great and as brilliant as he's been, he really was out of it and – Give the Bucks defense. They were picking him up in the backcourt. They were harassing him, and he had no energy. Um, but it's two-two NBA Finals. I, you know, um, the soccer outdrew. Um, I, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, the 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 average for the Euro Final between England and Italy in the United States, an average of nine point four million people watched. The uh, NBA Finals before last night averaging 8.9 million viewers. More people watched the Euro Final than the average number of people that have been watching the NBA Finals. Now, if you get to an NBA Finals Game 7, which would be the equivalent, you know, the true apples-to-apples equivalent of the Euro Final, the NBA is going to get a big number in a seventh and deciding game. But still, a lot of people watch that Euro Final, Tommy. I guess I missed it. Yeah, you did. You did. Well, that was the. That, I was probably on stage when the Euro final was going on. I didn't see it live. I was on stage. I was on stage belting out. Huh? Uh, knock on wood. Knock probably. on wood. Doing your best, Otis yeah. Redding. Um, no, not Otis Redding. Eddie Floyd. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was Otis Redding. That's okay. Get your full singers uh, straight, buddy. Uh, we've got a couple of other things to talk to, uh, talk about, including what happened to Dwayne Haskins in Vegas. That's next after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So, you know, there was some football news, sort of off-the-field football news. There's the Richard Sherman incident, which we'll get to here uh, in a moment. And then there was an issue with Dwayne Haskins. Um, The wife of Dwayne Haskins is facing a domestic violence charge stemming from an alleged assault involving Haskins and his wife, and I'm not even sure people knew he was married because I thought recently he put something out that they were engaged, but this happened in a Las Vegas hotel room on July 3rd at the lovely, by the way, Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas. Um, Calabria Gondrazak Haskins. By the way, remember Grant Gondrazak, the NBA player? Yes, I do. He he died recently. I shouldn't, oh my God! I shouldn't say that. I think I read that he died recently. Anyway, this is he, this is his. You know, I want to get that one right. <laughs> I, I'm going to get this right right now. Yeah, died January seventh, twenty twenty one. He played for, for the Knicks, didn't he? He played for uh, Tommy. I thought he played for for Phoenix. Actually, did he play for the Knicks? I got a feeling he did. Well, we got to we put your staff on this. He, let me just tell you that he played for Pepperdine, and Pepperdine played Maryland in Len Bias's senior year. It would be, unfortunately, tragically, the next-to-last game that Len Bias ever played as a college basketball player. Maryland opened up with Pepperdine in the, in the 86 NCAA tournament. In fact, one of Bias's most vicious dunks of all time was in that particular game. And then Maryland beat Pepperdine, and then in the next game lost to UNLV um, 
uh, and got bounced from the tournament where they, they led by eight in the second half. Bias had 31 in his final game, and, and that was it. But um, Gondrasek well, played, played on that Pepperdine team. He, I'm pretty sure he did. He never played for the Knicks. He played for the Suns. He, yeah, uh, that's what I remember. And he played the for Suns. the Clippers. He I, played for the Clippers a little bit, and then he played all over the place after that, I, including the Albany, Albany Patroons and the Miami Tropics. I, I'm right that, that 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 is him who played at Pepperdine, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did he yes. die? How did he die? I just remember reading that. Oh, heart failure. Fifty three years old. God. Anyway, uh, boy, we we get. He had he had a bit of a checkered bit of a checkered uh, career. Let's not let's not piss on the, the, no, the dead no, man no, no, here. No, no, no. Let's not do okay. that. Anyway, um, <laughs> he his daughter is Dwayne Haskins' wife. And apparently oh. Dwayne Haskins' wife in a Vegas hotel room at the Cosmopolitan on the day before July 4th uh, punched Haskins in the mouth, which caused him to lose part of a tooth. Um, Haskins reportedly um, had substantial injuries after being punched. He had a split upper lip. He's missing part of a tooth. He suffered other injuries to his mouth that require that will require dental work to repair his teeth, according to police. Police were called to the hotel at 2.30 a.m. local time, according to reports. Haskins was taken to the hospital, hospital when police arrived. Um, the wife told police that the um, the couple had married in March and were in Las Vegas to celebrate with friends and renew their vows. Do most couples renew their vows just a couple of months after getting married? I thought that was like a many years after getting married thing. Anyway, at some point in the evening, there was an argument that escalated, and then she ended up hitting Dwayne Haskins in the mouth. Haskins, according to reports, said he remembered getting into a fight with his wife, but didn't remember getting punched in the mouth. In searching the room, officers found a piece of his tooth and blood. Oh my God. <laughs> let's make that let's 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 remember here now. He's the victim here. Okay. He is, he is the victim I know. here. Apparently he is. Yes. yes. Oh boy! Okay, so we've come a long way. We've come a long way from the Haskins and Haskins draft party, haven't we? We've come a long way since the selfies against the Lions. Um, <laughs> you know, when he says he doesn't remember, he remembers getting into a fight with his wife, but didn't remember getting punched in the mouth. Is he protecting his wife, or is he protecting? Is he trying not to be embarrassed that he got his ass kicked by his wife? I would think the latter, I in think. a way. Uh, I me mean, too. In, in, in a football locker room, he's got to get crucified for that. I would think. You and know, I might want to point out: yeah. this sounds like this sounds like a, a part of uh, the Hangover, where right. uh, Ed, yeah. Ed Helms woke yeah. up without a tooth in his mouth. <laughs> right. uh, and that was not going to be pleasant <laughs> when he got home, um, yes. if they ever made it home. Uh, you know. Wow. You know, you you can't make this stuff up. Um, No. You know, and you, I hate to bring Dan Snyder back into the conversation, but there were plenty of people in the organization that warned him 
that said, you know, they're concerned about a lot of things like, you know, the limited numbers of of plays, that, that you know, how he accumulated the numbers, but maturity was a big thing. And like you said, he's the victim in this case. Um, you just, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I, I hope it works out for somebody like that. I, well, let's, 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 let's remember something. I, here I you, think he's talented. You go, down, you go down this road. That's the old Dan Snyder. Okay? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I forgot. Let's make that clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day. That's the old Dan back, Snyder. Back I mean, that's, that's ancient history. You know? Uh, yes. So let's, let's remember that. By the way, just so everyone out there uh, doesn't think the old man has totally lost his mind, Glenn Gondrasak, his brother played for the Knicks. Oh, okay. That's what I was thinking of. Okay. He played for the Knicks uh, for a couple of years. He played for the Nuggets as well. So, yeah, I knew what Gondrasak played because I remember, I remember looking into that name and, and watching him play. I just had the wrong Gondrasak. But, yeah, his brother Glenn did. Um, you know, I quote our good friend Richard Doc Walker, um, I think, by the way, that's one of the compliments. Uh, it, it's an ongoing compliment with a lot of us. I think we've talked about this before as it relates to Doc. But Doc, working with Doc for many, many years, whether it was working with him on a show, but really working with him as part of this same radio station. Um, and Tommy's a good friend of Doc's. And we're, we all became really good friend of, Do- of Doc's. Doc was really... He had, um, Doc was, is one of these people, and we've talked about it before, when he's in a room, you know it. Like, he just has yeah. that kind of personality. And, and he always had lots of different things that he would say, and many of which I've remembered. And one of his favorite sayings, and this applies to Dwayne Haskins, in my opinion, there's nothing worse than the, the, the athlete that holds talent hostage. And he's holding talent hostage with his immaturity. And one day, you know, he'll look back, maybe, I don't know, I said that about RG3, like at some point when he gets to 30, 35 years old, he'll look back and say, oh my God, what was I doing? What was I thinking? Um, And maybe somebody like a a guy like RG3 or maybe Haskins, maybe they're just not going to ever grow up. But he is holding talent hostage because he does have talent. He does. And I wonder how Pittsburgh will handle this situation. Because he's the third string quarterback. But then yeah. again, he's the victim here. So, yes. But then again, I don't think there's anything for them to do here. You're, prob- you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, the other story you that know? came out yesterday was this Richard Sherman story, which was, you know, really crazy um, during the course of the day. The, the latest story was that he was drunk and he threatened to kill himself um, before getting arrested. Um, This from uh, ESPN earlier this morning. He was intoxicated and threatened to kill himself during a confrontation with family members before he was arrested early yesterday in a Seattle suburb, according to the 911 caller who identified herself as, uh, as Richard Sherman's wife. Um, audio of the call, call made by Sherman's wife, Ashley Moss, was, was obtained by ABC News and ESPN early this morning. The caller described Sherman as being drunk and belligerent and said he was threatening to kill himself. Um, the wife uh, at one point did identify herself and said he was being aggressive, 
um, that he wrestled with her uncle and sent text messages to people saying that he was going to hang himself. Closed quote. Um, the caller can be heard attempting to prevent Sherman from leaving the residence, saying, Richard, please stop. Um, and she told the 911 dispatcher that Sherman drank two bottles of hard alcohol. Uh, also, at one point during the call, the caller, the wife, asked the dispatcher to tell police, please don't shoot him. Um, then there was a subsequent call, and she said that she thought Sherman was driving to her parents' home in Redmond, Washington, 30 miles away. Um, bottom line is he's facing several charges after authorities said he crashed his SUV in a construction zone, tried to break into his in-law's home, and then fought with officers who used a police dog to apprehend him. He was booked early Wednesday um, at a correctional facility in Seattle and was denied bail. Um the, I guess the the hearing before the judge is going to take place today. Uh, later, she told the Seattle Times, the wife, my kids were not harmed in the incident. He's a good person, and this is not his character. We're doing all right, just trying to get him out. I want people to know that no one was injured. Wow. Uh, yeah, well, I was right. Yeah, I mean, to me... I like, mean, you know, look, I mean... With, with, with a guy like this, I always say that if you're going to uh, use a platform like Richard Sherman does to speak out, and I'm not talking about social issues, just ge- generally, uh, you can't afford to slip up because there will be people waiting to take a shot at you when you fall. If you're, if you're going to be critical, and this, this goes, in a way, this goes for, you know, for people in our business. You know, I, it, we're, we're very critical of other people, uh, which really puts us on a slippery slope if we screw up. Sure. Okay. And I understand that. That comes with the territory. I get that. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I've always liked Richard Sherman, not just as a player, but there's always been something about him from afar. You know, he's never played here. Um, you know, he was, you know, involved in, in that, you know, those games against Washington, that playoff game. I remember that. Um, and, uh, and, and the, you know, the, the Trent Williams stuff, um, I, there was, he just always struck me as incredibly thoughtful and incredibly bright. And, um, me too. I agree. And, uh, but when you're threatening to hang yourself and you've, you've down two bottles of hard liquor, um, you know, obviously there's an issue there. There's some sort of depression issue or something that he's dealing with. So hopefully uh, it gets worked out. I hope that it does. Um, all right, a couple of other things to finish the show up with. We'll do that right after uh, these words from a few of our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tommy, you read something um, on NBC Sports Washington that you wanted to share with me. What is, what is it? Yeah, uh, well, apparently Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, J.P. Finley and company brought up, uh, caught up with Ryan Fitzpatrick and got a few comments about uh, looking forward uh, to this season for him. And I thought this was the kind of comment that is, is warm to your heart. This is what Ryan Fitzpatrick said, uh, you know, without playing a down yet this season. Not one down, okay? And not even training camp yet. The biggest thing with this offense is we're able to spread the ball around to everybody and get everybody involved. It's going to be a tough offense to defend just because of all the pieces we have. <laughs> uh, you know, this is, this, like, like Ryan Clark said, this is the best defensive secondary I've ever played with. You know? That was... Like Rex Grossman said, we're going to win the NFC East. Like Trent Williams said, are we are the Hogs 2.0. We're going to be we're going to yes. be the top rushing offense in the NFL. Uh, yeah, I know. I I don't know. This I just, is it. This, this this is this is this is what they do, and this is your your leader, your fearless leader, who is talking about an offense that that doesn't even exist yet. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're 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 right. I mean, he is. Um, Look, the truth is they do have a lot more offensively on paper than they've had in a long time. Yes, okay. I understand so, that. But, but, I do. But, but I, I just, this goes back to, I would say we're on year 15 um, here of me, not year 15, because I think I was still definitely still getting duped in the late 2000s. I think it's now going on year 10 or 11 where I just at this time of the year, just say, stop selling me. Stop prom- Stop over-promising and under-delivering. That's been my, my, my go-to line about this franchise for 11 years. They are the kings of over-promising and under-delivering. They do it every single off-season, every single year. Back to Doc Walker. They're great Mondays through Saturdays. Sundays are the problem. It's just... You know, and by the way, it's not that much different than what you hear in other cities with other NFL teams, but this particular franchise has had more off-season boasting and predicting over the years with nothing to show for it, more than I think any other team in the NFL. And I'm excited about them offensively to a certain degree. I do think that they have... A lot of weapons. I think, you know, uh, Ben and I on the podcast yesterday were talking about just how excited they are and others are about Deami Brown. I know how badly Scott Turner wanted Deami Brown um, in this offense. He thinks that he, they may have two Terry McLaurins um, on their roster with a Curtis Samuel and an Adam Humphreys to boot, not to mention a running back in Gibson and, and, Mc, and McKissick and Logan Thomas and now a quarterback that you know can spread it around. And by the way, Fitzpatrick's very good as, as a distributor. 
You know, it's one of his strengths as a quarterback. He makes mistakes. That's his weakness. Is he'll take, you know, he'll he'll throw the the, the absolute soul crushing pick at the worst time. But he's very good as a distributor. You know, you have elite quarterbacks, you know, you have your top six, seven, eight, whatever it is. And then what you're looking for from like nine to 15, 16 range, you're looking for a guy that can, you know, identify what's going on, get it out quickly and distribute the ball. He's good at that. And so still, I know I would but, rather. But again, yeah, I know. Yeah. I they, they, uh, Like I said, the offense doesn't even exist yet. And he's telling you what it does. Well, can't read, read to me the exact quote, please. The biggest thing with his offense, I guess he means Scott Turner's, is we're able to spread the ball around to everybody and get everybody involved. It's going to be a tough offense to defend just because of all the pieces we have. Mm. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'll... I'll I'll do the same thing I do all the time. What would I prefer? What what's the what's the right answer? You can talk about you know. Hey, I really like a lot of the players we have. We have some very interesting pieces. Um, we've got some really good young talent. But I haven't taken a snap for this team in a regular season game yet. I haven't even taken a training camp snap yet. Um, it, these things take time. Um, we're working at it, and we're hopeful. You know that we can that we can be productive, but uh, time will tell. Uh, you, it's just I don't know. I've always been a believer in underselling and overperforming. Um, you know, and I just and I've always I whenever we get into this conversation, as we have many times over the years, it it goes back to you know our favorite Joe Jackson Gibbs. Joe Gibbs was the the the, the absolute best at underpromising and overdelivering. He hated to tell you anything positive about his team. And then on Sundays, they'd kick the crap out of the opponent. And then, by the way, he'd shrug and say, you know, they played really well. We just played well today, and then we got the breaks. And, you know, and I just – I found over a long period of time that the teams that boast big and win big are much less than the teams that don't say anything and win big. Like, they're more of those. Well, you know the saying – the loudest guy in the room is usually the weakest guy in the yeah. room. Yeah. And I, yeah. you know, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Um, you had some sort of update on Rafa um, coming to D.C. You know, I had Mark Ein on the show the other day. Mark was great. If you missed that, that was on Tuesday's show. Um, Mark's a really nice guy and, you know, has a a lot of enthusiasm for tennis for sure, but is also a really bright guy. And I found out a lot about the city open that I didn't know before. And I think one of the reasons he reached out to me is he, he heard you and I sort of winging, um, what we knew about the tournament, which was not as much as maybe we should have, but what, what, what was it that you learned that you wanted to share? Well, I've got a pretty good source that's pretty connected uh, in the tennis, uh, industry, as they say. And by the way, I like Mark Ein a lot too. Uh, one of my favorite people. But, uh, one of the reasons Rafi is doing this is, uh, he needs hardcore warm ups for the U.S. Open. Well, yeah, that's what all these hardcore, hardcore events right. in July and August are. Right. And, right. uh, normally, uh, the Canadian, you know, I think he might play in a Canadian tournament, but they're up in the air. 
because of COVID, you know, the idea that they would happen. Uh, and uh, as I understand it, he's getting paid between 300 and 400 grand. That was not uh, said by Mark. Mark said that he plays one 500 level series event, and they're the top one. And that he uh, is that. And by the way, when he plays these events, he comes to win them. Um, so I, I, I don't. You know that 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 would conflict with what the guy that owns the tournament and was responsible for bringing Nadal to DC would say. Um, and you can say, and I think justifiably so. Well, if there were a guarantee, they're they're not going to they're not going to admit that. Um, I, right. Yeah. Yeah, well, and one other thing. What? That, that news came out that uh, there's no there's no uh, there's no restrictions on the crowd. Yeah. He he told us that they were working on that yes. and that they they were hopeful on that. But with that yes, said, and that Tommy, came out today that it's a hundred percent attendance now. Um, the the tickets for this thing, though, um, are have you seen the aftermarket? Thousands of dollars. I, I told you that. Well, day, I understand that. I, I, I told didn't you, want to see him play in person. Right now, for the opening, well, first of all, for an all session everyday ticket, you're going to have to pay fifteen hundred bucks, and there are only two tickets left. Um, for the opening day, and he probably, I'm seeing tickets for as much as five hundred to six hundred dollars for a single session. But remember, you're, I guess you're not guessing anymore because they only have. Um, they only have one session per day because it starts at four p.m. or one, or whatever it does. But um, there, it's going to be they're going to be hard tickets to get. But yeah, um, okay, that's it. Because Toronto, by the way, is a week later. Now he could, you know, he may have passed on Washington and played Toronto if they didn't have yeah, but, COVID uh, restrictions. It, but, but there's yeah, there's some there's some question as to whether those Canadian tournaments are going to take place. Right. By the way, yeah. did you see the news that uh, Bradley Beals in um, health and safety protocol right now. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, and he might not play in the Olympics, right? Is he not vaccinated? I don't know. It That's was a good question. It wasn't in the story. I still, if you're vaccinated, I don't like in golf when John Rahm got you know um, booted from the tournament. He had not been. He actually had only had received that first Pfizer shot. Was still waiting on the second one. Um, and it had been, ex- you know, Beal, um, I guess, had exposure to someone uh, that had tested positive for COVID. And so he's in that safety. But if he were vaccinated, I don't know why he'd even. I agree. You know, for one thing, let me just say two things. First of all, uh, you got to be a moron not to be vaccinated. Secondly, uh, it's a competitive disadvantage right now. In almost all these sports, if you're not vaccinated, you're well, putting your team at a competitive disadvantage if you play for a team. We talked about this when it came to the NFL, you know, in the percentages and the teams that had higher percentages of, of vaccinated players were going to be uh, at an advantage over teams with lesser. Because you, even, even if you don't contract COVID, if you're not vaccinated, you have to go in to the protocol if you've been exposed, which could cost you practices and maybe even a game yeah. or two. So, of course, if if you've been vaccinated in the NFL, you're not going to get tested. So you're going to be you're going to be able to play. You're 100 yeah. percent right. Um, 
Anything else you got for the show today? I got nothing else for you, boss. Okay. Have a good weekend. You no, know, except here's one thing. One thing. What? Start showing up on time, all right? I will. All right, boss. All right. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.